Welcome to the panel discussion, how the Defense Acquisition University implemented a modern LMS for the new skills economy, sponsored by Cornerstone On Demand. Here's today's moderator, Jason Miller. Welcome to the discussion. My guests today are Bill Parker, the Director of Curriculum at the Defense Acquisition University, Rebecca Clark, the Center Director for Integrated Learning Systems at the Defense Acquisition University, and Joshua Laux, the Federal Sales Manager for Cornerstone On Demand. Welcome to the discussion. This is actually our first discussion. We're doing a deep dive into a federal use case. We're gonna share success stories about moving to the cloud, but more importantly, improving business processes. So let me set a little context for our discussion. Like many agencies, the Defense Acquisition University faced a big problem, disparate systems that grew up over a period of time that have to be band-aided together. Systems that do not integrate easily usually require middleware or some other jerry-rigged effort to share data. That approach brings a host of problems from the cost to manage and upgrade those systems to making data sharing even more difficult to the potential data entry and or cybersecurity difficulties. The problem that DAU face is part of what's known as the technical debt that agencies carry. By some estimates, over the next five years, agencies will have more than $7 billion in technical debt, old hardware and software that needs to be replaced or updated. And that number is only increasing as agencies find more legacy technology. Recent surveys say that more than 80% of federal IT executives believe technical debt greatly increases costs, limits their ability to modernize, and must be addressed before they can move to the cloud. So with that little bit of context in place, let's begin our deep dive about how DAU and Cornerstone On Demand took on this huge challenge. Once again, my guests are Bill Parker, the Director of Curriculum at the Defense Acquisition University, Rebecca Clark, the Center Director for Integrated Learning Systems at the Defense Acquisition University, and Joshua Laux, the Federal Sales Manager for Cornerstone On Demand. Bill, I'm going to start with you with the first simple question. What was the problem you were trying to solve beyond you had a bunch of systems that were maybe were old, technical debt? Talk a little bit about what, you, what your goals were. In IT terms, we had a very old system. It was over a decade old. It was an on-premise, designed for the government, custom system. And as it gets older, the vendor we had was planning to get out of that business, so they weren't going to be supporting the system. As you customize more and more, it becomes more of a security challenge. The other thing we had is the system had some limitations, so we had multiple systems in our learning ecosystem. So from our user standpoint, they had to use one system to register for classroom, one system for online, they did their evaluations and yet another system. We were trying to not only replace the old system, but we had an eye to the future of consolidating systems. And when you talk about the grew up over 15 years, 20 years, 40 years, DAU has been around for how long? When you talk about old, what are we talking about here? Because technical debt can be yesterday and it can be you know, 50 years ago. 15 years. 15 years. DAU has been around for just over 25. But yeah. we, when we made the move to online training from uh, mostly classroom training, that was the custom system we went with. And, and let's maybe turn to Rebecca, since you have that maybe a little bit of the IT background. From an IT perspective, what was the challenge you were facing? Uh, Bill brought up a little bit about, for instance, security, uh, the disparity of the systems where users had to go from one system to the other to the other. And somehow somebody in the back end had to somehow bring that data together maybe? Was that, that's probably one of the big challenges too. Yeah, that was a challenge internally. At the same time, uh, when you do something internally, the internal IT group knows how to deal with some of those challenges because they have been dealing with every customization that has come in. So they knew a lot about how to deal with it. But like as Bill said, there are security issues, there's all these systems coming together. Another thing I think that's really important is the student experience. I know I even got to the point where I'd look in the system and think, wait a second, what year are we in? Uh, you know, I, I'm in 2018, but this looks like this is from back in the day, you know, when the internet started. And so it's really important for users when they open up their account and want to access their learning, that they see something that looks like everything else they look at on the internet at home. And I think that's, that's such a big deal. I mean, we forget sometimes that, you know, we want to, we always talk about wanting the same experience in our personal lives as we do at work. And then someone like DAU or so many other agencies are trying to play that catch up game. Is the user experience really what was driving this change uh, beyond the fact that this was a legacy system, beyond the security concerns? Was it really the user? I don't know, Bill or Rebecca, if that's easier for either one of you. I think part of it's the user experience and also the desire for all of those that are involved in product development. Um, you know, at home you see certain things that you can access online and learn from. And then in the online system, there is just one way to deliver the learning. 
And so we are kind of chomping at the bit to say, okay, what are some other ways we can deliver learning to our audiences? So, so Bill, let me just bring you back around to, to this for a second. You wanted to jump in? No, go ahead. Oh. Go ahead. Um, when, when, cause since you're director of curriculum, there's a, when people, when you talk to students and when you talk to professors and, and they kind of scratch their head and be like, why are we still using the system? What was your answer? I mean, was it, was this a, well, this is what we have, <laughs> or did you kind of like, at what point did you say we have to change? Well, we, those Multiple responses questions. started yeah. growing and growing. And, you know, you can say we're working on it for just so long. Exactly. Um, and we did have a big significant event in the area of security. Um, there was a security issue with our vendor, not on this system, but on another system, which caused us to lock down our systems. We have customers from uh, other federal agencies, uh, defense partners internationally, and from industry. Well, we had to lock down to your common access card, uh, Department of Defense only. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our students couldn't get access to the system. Uh, we had another incident where another uh, agency that we interface with for registration, they had a security incident. We had to lock down our system yet again. And we need an open system to serve all of our customers. Because when you're doing acquisition, it's really a partnership with industry. And the more modern systems like Cornerstone give you that opportunity. Uh, an interesting thought here is you know, part of the problem was the, was the user interface. And you know, Cornerstone has made a big investment in that. But we recognize, and as, as I do think most vendors do, is that, is that there's five generations in the workforce today. And everyone learns differently. So providing a solution that can meet them at their time and need and their comfort level is really important. Uh, one of the things that we've done is to really bring out a Netflix or a Spotify type of experience so that it, that does cross generations. So that's part of the, you know, that's part of the solution overall. Uh, but again, just part. And that's what I was going to bring you into this with perfect timing because I was going to ask about when you walked in and started having conversations with DAU, what was your first reaction to the, the customization that they were using, the business processes that they were using, but be nice, they're still your customers, so you know. Yeah, yeah, no, they're my favorite customer, right? <laughs> At least right now. <laughs> well, for the time being, yes. Uh, <clears throat> no, I had been working with DAU for a number of years, so I had seen some of the experiences they've had over uh, quite some time. And you know, they were, the former system that they were using was on-premise, it was legacy, and for you know an organization like Cornerstone to bring a cloud-only deployed solution and takes in consideration security, as well as the user experience, as well as the other functional capabilities that's really important to make a successful university run, uh, were things that we were all focused on. Were you surprised by anything from that customization? Because a lot of times you start digging in there, right? And at that first layer, you're like, oh, I think we can you know handle this, and then you start going. Oh wow, this is this is tough. I mean, like, give me the sense of like, because since we're we're trying to focus on the use case sure. aspect, it, it's not just we brought in our cloud solution, everything was perfect. We we know that's not the case. No, and you know, I, we interface with all agencies across the federal government, and I think that what people are finding now is that they have these on-premise solutions, they customize them, and they almost customize themselves into a corner, and then that limits where they can take the solution to meet the new needs that evolve year over year. And uh, <clears throat> so that, that was one thing that was you know, evident, but also, as Bill mentioned, you know, bringing together, being able to cull down a number of different systems that can be addressed through one system, through modern technology, was something that we were also very focused on. Bill, jump in. I'd also like to elaborate on, Joshua talked about people wanting to learn in different ways and at the point of need. Um, Moving to Cornerstone allowed us to do a better interface to uh, our website, dau.mil, where we host a lot of videos, podcasts, and different methods of learning. And it links nicely with the content in Cornerstone. It also allows us to set the stage for other advancements, um, adaptive learning, where they use artificial intelligence algorithms to help change the pathway through the learning system that adjust to the kind of learner you have. One of the things about this, there was, there was on one end, the DAU wanted to kind of 
modernize its systems, make a better user experience. But there's a kind of an aside to this. Maybe Josh, Josh will jump in here a little bit and talk about, there's kind of the added benefits that, that moving to this new system also brought, whether it's around certification tracking or training requirements or even the broader perspective of, of having all the data in one system. Now, you guys can know it's, it's a much easier to understand what data is, better decision making. So maybe Josh would begin on, on that note. Yeah, I mean, you actually bring up a couple different topics there. I mean, you know, of course, one is the user experience, but being able to accomplish through one through one system, four or five, maybe even six systems, bringing together. But then you bring up something like business intelligence. You know, the reporting, being able to pull and make data-driven decisions. Uh, it's much easier to do that out of one system where all the data is there uh, to report on, and you know, having the flexibility to do ad hoc or custom reporting is also very useful because every organization may have similar needs, but they also have very, very unique needs. And so being able to create that report, create that business intelligence for that insight in, you know, across the system uh, is, is critically important rather than having to go to IT and ask them to, hey, I need to create this report or go to the vendor. You know, we alleviate that by enabling a business user to be able to pull that information out. Rebecca, let me bring you into the conversation Okay, so you know you have this need, you know you have all these disparate systems that are customized, uh, you, you guys decide on, on Cornerstone. What was the, walk me through the first few steps that you guys took or the first six months, year, whatever it was, to kind of get ready for the cloud solution. Because again, it's not just a lift and shift to the cloud. There were some yeah. business process changes, there's some data changes. What, what, what went into all this? What went into the preparation side? Well, that's the surprise of it all, right? Um, that, Nothing. You know, just, <laughs> well, you know, you can click some buttons in the system and configure it a certain way, and, and sometimes those steps are easy. In fact, you find out those steps are a lot easier than some of the other decisions that need to be made. But I think what we did correctly up front is we first uh, had experts help us with requirements because when you've been so highly customized for so long, uh, you have these desirements that Bill often talks about. They have a list of desirements, but they're not requirements. And so we had to have someone help us get it down to a solid list of requirements. And so we knew even before we got the system that there were certain requirements we couldn't even ask for in a COT system because they're just not in the top marketplace players like Cornerstone. And so we knew ahead of time, oh, we're going to have to turn those into business process reengineering activities. And we had lots of time to think about it beforehand. And then you have to get really wise to, and check yourself as you're going through this to say, okay, is that the way we always did it because that's the right way to do it? Or is there another way? Like what are we holding on to and why? And then that's when you get into this culture change and a lot of the um, challenges going through that because sometimes with, with some of the things that Joshua was mentioning, um, we would get, after the system was live, we get these help desk calls about some things and we realize, oh, we just changed this little configuration <laughs> in the system and all of a sudden all the calls would disappear. But that's not how business process reengineering goes. You have to have lots of meetings and talk people through and go through a lot of changes. So I think we did a lot of that right on the front end and then we discovered different things in that process to piggyback on Joshua's example again, uh, that we had, I think 400 or more custom reports before because people got used to getting what they wanted. Well, now we kind of rein it in and say, hey, you can create your own in the system by yourself. And so there's, there's a lot of lessons in that area that the system's great, culture is a whole other thing to tackle. Joshua. Yeah, you know, there's the old adage, just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? <laughs> And you know you bring up that point, and that, that's a very salient point, and that's great. It's nice to have the ability to do that. Um, some of the things that are our requirements rather than desirements—I love that word, by the way, Bill—is uh, integrating with some systems that are just mandatory. I mean, in, in DAU's case, there's a system called ATARS, and it's a government-developed system, but the, the integration with that is is required. So, along with the new technology and moving to the cloud, there's also the capabilities that there are some systems that will remain and have to be integrated with, and so that's very important. And you know, fortunately, the new technology provides that, and we're addressed that in multiple different ways with you all. So, 
Josh was getting ahead of us a little bit, but oh, that's sorry. okay. No, you're good. <laughs> Bill, jump in, because we're going to get to what, what's happening today and in, in probably the next segment. But Bill, jump in a little bit about that business process for engineering piece, hopefully. I will. And one thing I want to follow up on with Rebecca is, Rebecca, could you talk a little bit about what we learned in examining various learning management systems, that they're not all created equal, they some serve different needs differently? All right, well... One of the challenges we found out the gate was the on-prem versus cloud um, issue. We had to work through that internally. Uh, there's a wide variety of learning management systems as well, if that's what you're getting some to. Some are better suited toward yes. academia, while yes. some are yes. better suited toward corporate learning. Yes, and we were replacing our system that was very much more of the corporate. Uh, register, take it by yourself, and then you get your own certificate and move on, whereas some of the other systems are more in that uh, intense blended learning experience and very hands-on professors interacting on a day-to-day -day basis. And we have another system that has that, but we will have to look at that soon and how we can incorporate that into Cornerstone and, and other solutions. All right, well, as, as Joshua said, because it's uh, uh, in the cloud, maybe it will be easier. Yes. We're going to take a quick break. When we come okay. back, let's jump back into uh, that discussion about the, uh, the business process for engineering. You're listening to the discussion, how the Defense Acquisition University implemented a modern LMS for the new skills economy. Sponsored by Cornerstone On Demand on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Numbers tell us a lot, like 64, the percentage of government agencies who think they fall short on talent management programs. That leads to unhappy employees. When people are checked out, it reflects on their work and your agency. One, that's the number of talent management solutions you need to engage your employees. Do it all with Cornerstone. Stay compliant while giving people tools to meet development goals. Agencies thrive by helping their people realize their potential. Stay successful with FedRAMP authorized Cornerstone. CornerstoneOnDemand.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion, how the Defense Acquisition University implemented a modern LMS for the new skills economy, sponsored by Cornerstone On Demand, on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today, Bill Parker, the Director of Curriculum at the Defense Acquisition University, Rebecca Clark, the Center Director for Integrated Learning Systems at the Defense Acquisition University, and Joshua Laux, the Federal Sales Manager for Cornerstone On Demand. In the last segment, we were talking about business process for engineering, and I had to interrupt uh, Bill here for a second, so I want to start with Bill and start on this idea. Uh, Rebecca outlined some, some interesting changes that you guys had to go through, had to rethink through, uh, think of requirements. We were so, you guys are so customized, we're so long that you had to kind of have a half a step back. As the you know, director of curriculum, you also probably had to rethink some of the way you guys deliver, process, provide the learning pieces. So talk about the business process for engineering piece and how that fits into your, your world. Jason, we did. Um, as Rebecca was pointing out, when you look at learning management systems, there are those that are more designed toward academia, where you're gonna have quarters, semesters, trimesters, and significant engagement with your faculty member. Whereas corporate learning systems tend to be on your own, self-paced, without as much interaction. In our previous customized solution, we had significant proxy, significant engagement of faculty with the students as they were going through self-paced. We really had to think through and work with Cornerstone, okay, we don't normally do this out of the box, how are we gonna figure out how to get the engagement for students while they're going through our courseware. And, and that was a significant effort. Josh, if you and, want to. And real quick, yeah. it, it was not an option not to do it. You had a, a, the user wanted this to happen, right? So this was like, this was not only a requirement, but this was a, a I'll use the word deal breaker in many ways, right? Because of, of the culture. Yes, when you have a customer that has 15 years of knowing they can contact a faculty member and our customers are everything to us because we train the people that build the systems for our warfighters. So it's very, very important to us. We're only two steps away from the warfighter and we wanna make sure they get what they need. It's easier to adjust with faculty and staff inside DAU on our business processes. We don't wanna change that much or make it easier for our customer. Joshua, jump in. Yeah, well, first of all, Bill, you're, you're, you're very humble because the Defense Acquisition University has won awards year over year over year for being the top univer, you know, university type system. 
And I, I couldn't agree with you more on the whole, there's a difference between academia and corporate learning and incorporating all th the different modalities of having interaction with the, with the instructor as well as being able to do self-paced as well as accommodating instructor-led, you know, traditional people in seats type learning. And, uh, you know, before you were using, and you know, multiple systems to address that. And now, you know, with the modern technology, with the cloud deployment, with being able to integrate with tools that enable that interaction is really important and we couldn't ask for a better partner in this regard. Talk a little bit about Joshua, when, when, when Bill would come to you or Rebecca would come to you guys and say, we need to do this or that. How, how did you guys work through it with them? Because you, know, you don't want to have to be like, well, we can customize here and we can customize there. And then you guys are stuck where you were you know, for the last 15 years. Talk about that balance, that, that interaction. Well, you know, Jason, you bring up a great point. Um, and there's two different parts to that. One is the customize versus configure. And what's different, well, on-premise systems, you configure, you customize the solutions. And cloud's deployed solutions is more of a configuration. So you can figure to support different business processes. In working with DAU, of course, they did a lot of work up front with you know, defining what's a requirement, what's a, what was the word you used? Desirement? Yeah, <laughs> desirement. The non-word, yes. Uh, you know, that's really important. And it's something that you know, we've built the system to be flexible enough to be able to be configured to meet those rules and to keep our customers away from customizing themselves into a corner. So great. You know, being able to discern between a requirement and a desirement, critical, and that's really the first step. Then it's more about not can you do it, it's how do we do it, and, and, that's, and that's where we were focused on. And I think it, it really takes a partnership, and you know, listening with two ears and not talking with one mouth you know, often solves a lot of problems. All right, Joshua, I'm going to throw just a little bit of a curveball at you. All right? no we doubt. talked a little about baseball season earlier. From a technology perspective, and because this is in the cloud and we talk about configuration, is there a difference between configuration and customization? If, if I'm customizing something that happens to be in the cloud, is, are we playing semantics here? Because I think from no, a case really study, not. okay. Yeah, we're really not talking about semantics. We're really talking about a fundamental thing is, are you actually touching the code and making changes in the code? On an on-premise solution, uh, traditionally vendors have been more open to enabling their customers to actually you know, have someone, whether it's a vendor or whether it's the customer themselves, actually touch the code. And cloud-deployed technologies, it's not about touching the code. The code is really, the only interface, you know, to Cornerstone, for example, is through a browser from a laptop or a PC. That's all the infrastructure that you need, so you're eliminating that debt that you talked about earlier in the last segment. Uh, but also, having it be mobile-enabled, which talks about addressing the needs at the time of need, and being able to leverage smartphones and tablets out of the box. That's a great point, because I think too often people just think, well, customization on-premise, oh, customization in the cloud, but I think as you make, you, you put a really fine point, Bill. And, and the interesting for, you know, if you're doing configuration, it's like when you get your Outlook or your Microsoft Office, there are a lot of choices you can make in the settings, in the configuration, the look and feel, do you have the preview panel on the side, on the bottom, that's what we're talking yep. about. Whereas customization is not a good thing when you go to a commercial solution <laughs> because you're breaking into the code. Right. Um, you can create security vulnerabilities you weren't aware exactly. of. And when there's an update, even if you do it as a bolt-on, a separate custom code that interfaces with the system itself, when they upgrade the system, you might break that link. So it, that's really the difference we you know, want to Bill, you about. bring up a really great point because in a pure cloud solution, you're really getting away from that traditional update. It's really, there's a release, you know, we do releases four times a year, for example, major releases, and it comes to you with the configuration, the ability to turn things off and on. I mean, the federal government, there's a form called the SF-182. You know, our largest, you know, some of our largest customer, commercial customers have that capability, it's just turned off, so it's configured to not be available, but in the federal government, and a good number of parts of the Department of Defense as well as civilian, you know, they need that turned on, and it's more about a business process more than just a form. And configuration comes into play, especially for DAU, when Congress, our friends on Capitol Hill, uh, give you new requirements to train or, or help, under, help uh, different parts of DOD or, or the civilian world learn different pieces of new acquisition. That, that's also a, a key uh, benefit. We'll, we'll get to that in a second as well, but, but that's a... Um, 
Talk a little bit about how that configuration also matters for you on that end. It's very significant, and it was one of our business process re-engineering challenges even after go live, because the rate of change in our curriculum based on uh, legislation coming from Congress, changes in policy from the department, uh, for other federal agency partners that we have on our system, we change our courseware continuously. And most of the commercial systems aren't necessarily designed for that rate of change. And Rebecca, you might want to talk a little bit about some of our business process re-engineering challenges there. Yeah, that, that's been a really interesting challenge to work through because, what, but it's also brought us closer together with Cornerstone because when you go through the implementation process, you have, we used a lot of sprint sessions, you know, where everyone's in a room for five hours, they're working through a problem and you're trying to configure the system based upon how you think day-to-day -day life works. After it's live, you're in real day-to-day -day and you realize, oh, whoops, we didn't think through every detail and ripple of how this works. And so when we come and ask for solutions on what the right way to configure is, uh, Cornerstone will come with some possibilities and we try it out and we go, whoa, that's great. Oh, wait, this, there's a ripple effect over here on this configuration. So we've got to come back to them and talk to them. So they learn about how our business works more and we learn more about the possibilities of configuring. And through that process, we understand both sides of the coin better and then we finally get to a solution that incorporates just the right amount of configuration and just the right amount of business process reengineering change. The old Goldilocks um, method. Yes. And so somehow now we, we, in fact, we worked on this the last few weeks for, to a solution that we think will work well for the continual re-uploading of product. And that, that was a very large collaborative effort. Well, that's a great segue, because I want to talk about where we are today. We described the problem, we described how we're, how we're kind of fixing the problem. So today, uh, DAU has a new system, is using a new system. Joshua, why don't you start off with, with where are we today with uh, DAU's system? Well, I think something that was really you know, pretty astounding and an accomplishment is that DAU actually went live four months early uh, for the internal users and three months early for external users. That's huge in today's world. I mean, it's, it's very rare that you hear that a, a new application, which is at the core of a business, is, goes live early, not late. You know, so that's, that's one thing to know. Um, where we are today is if, you know, if we look at talent management, and that's really what we're talking about, uh, learning is at the core of that. And what DAU has recognized is that in this effort to, to consolidate systems, you know, have the capability to be able to leverage the data that's already there, uh, DAU internally is, you know, looking to, you know, accomplish things like performance management, accommodating the, 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 the applications that are required to be used, but also succession management, because I think we're all pretty much aware that there's going to be a tsunami of people who will be retiring in the not too distant future. And how do we prepare our people to be able to step up and, and be skilled and developed to be able to take over? Rebecca, jump in a little bit as well. You guys have a new system? Have you turned off the old system? Are you fully in the cloud? Are you running parallel? Give me the update of kind of the, 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 at the ground level. So we are very lucky. We had a plan in place to have parallel systems running for a few months. You're and, smart, you're smart, by the way. Yeah. And that really worked well. And it, what we were just discussing this week, in fact, that we had a plan just in case it didn't go live well, <laughs> that we could roll back and we didn't have to use that plan. And so that was nice, but we, uh, we have had parallel systems for, I believe, about three months, and we kept reminding those in the old system, hey, this is your last chance to finish here. We encourage you to go register in the new system. But uh, that system uh, was turned off to students in December. And so, and then the contract will be ending shortly this next week uh, for that system. So it's kind of uh, a sad moment in a way because you're used to something for so many years, but, but we've let it go and we're putting all of our attention into the new system and, and products. This, and this new system is fully in the cloud. It's, a, it's considered yes. software as a service. And it's for the user, they do what? They, they log on through a website, they log on through their mobile phone, whatever they need to, but it, it's all web browser based, maybe Joshua? Yeah, well, of course, the, the DAU site is a great entry point for uh, the university system. So it is all cloud and it only requires having you know, a browser and they're really agnostic when it comes to browsers, so they can use any browser, whether it's IE or Chrome or you know whatever it is. 
And then, so that reduces the debt of legacy internal stuff. And then as well as supporting, you know, mobile, mobile smart devices as well. So yeah, it's really encouraging right. and it's great. And, and Bill, jump in because since you focus on the curriculum side, what, what are you seeing now that, that this is live and this is working? Uh, what's different for you today than maybe, uh, you know, six months ago or nine months ago? Well, it, it's been so successful. Um, we have other federal agency partners uh, Department of Homeland Security hosts their courseware on our system. Uh, the Federal Acquisition Institute, who is a very close partner, they train acquisition for the non-defense part of the federal government. They're on our system. Um, it's gone so well, we have uh, two other agencies, uh, the Department of Defense uh, Schools, DODEA, Educational Agency, and uh, Media. Thank you, defense media activity. I always want to call it something else, <laughs> DMA. And we've just started discussions with another federal agency that wants to join. Uh, when it goes well, you have a lot of friends and we've been able to accommodate them. And just to let you know the volume, we graduate over a million people a year. When you count the defense acquisition workforce, the other Department of Defense people that like to take our courses, uh, Homeland Security, industry partners. Uh, and some of those are only one hour modules, uh, but a million completions a year is a big deal. Joshua. That actually, you bring up a great point from a scalability perspective and from a debt perspective, because when you go to the cloud, you have infinite scalability and the vendor plans for that. Right. If you have it on premise, now the vendor has to say, oh, what happens if we have a spike? Are we not going to be able to service some of our customers? So that's yet another benefit that's an economic but also an operational benefit that you know, organizations like DAU and, and you know, our other customers are realizing that. You also have to, as the customer working with um, your vendor, Cornerstone, in your contract you have to think through some of these future changes, the scalability you'd better have some contract language that gives you options to expand, um, options to go into other areas. Uh, for example, in the future, it's gone so well, we're looking at some of our uh, HR functions, our performance evaluation functions, expanding into those areas. Um, and, and this is made possible by good contracting language and a partner that you don't get everything, you, one thing you lose when you go from a custom solution, you will not get everything you want, and you do have to make adjustments. However, you don't have a big investment. You haven't invested in all the servers and all the upfront money, so you can leave more easily. Um, <laughs> we, we don't have a strong yes. prenup, I guess. We can, we can break the marriage, but the beauty of that is as a customer, when you can leave more easily, Cornerstone's much more responsive to their customers. And they know they have to keep on their toes and make the changes that are needed. Real quick, we just about 30 seconds left. Bill, you mentioned not, not a big investment up front. I think a lot of our listeners, since we're talking case studies, someone's gonna ask, well, what did this cost? Or how much does this cost? Because you also talk about spikes. Roughly speaking, how would you compare the cost to the system to your old system? Can you make the comparison yet? Is it more, is it less, are you 20% less, 30% less, do you know yet? Exact number's hard this early in the process. Uh, what I would say generally, the upfront cost is a lot less. You're probably paying more in sustainment. It's much more level. You don't have the spike as the system gets older and getting out of it's harder. Josh? Yeah, you know, it really speaks to total cost of ownership. So at the cloud, it's just the licensing and the implementation, and that stays pretty flat. When you think about the, cost, the total cost of ownership from an on-premise solution, you're talking about the partial FTEs to support the IT infrastructure, the actual infrastructure itself, as well as the cost of the licensing. So it's really overall, and what we're experiencing in the marketplace is that you're seeing that a cloud deploy system has economic benefits. So over the life of the contract or period of performance, organizations are actually saving money, but they're also being able to redeploy their valuable resources to focus on other things as well. 
And it's not just saving money, though. It's getting more capabilities for even for the same yes, money. Good point. So let's take a quick break, and we can come back. We can continue our conversation. You're listening to How the Defense Acquisition University Implemented a Modern LMS for the New Skills Economy. Sponsored by Cornerstone On Demand on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Numbers tell us a lot, like 64, the percentage of government agencies who think they fall short on talent management programs. That leads to unhappy employees. When people are checked out, it reflects on their work and your agency. One, that's the number of talent management solutions you need to engage your employees. Do it all with Cornerstone. Stay compliant while giving people tools to meet development goals. Agencies thrive by helping their people realize their potential. Stay successful with FedRAMP authorized Cornerstone. CornerstoneOnDemand.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion, how the Defense Acquisition University implemented a modern LMS for the new skills economy. Sponsored by Cornerstone On Demand on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today... Bill Parker, the Director of Curriculum at the Defense Acquisition University. Rebecca Clark, the Center Director for Integrated Learning Systems at the Defense Acquisition University. And Joshua Laux, the Federal Sales Manager for Cornerstone On Demand. In this segment, we're going to take audience questions. We had a couple people in the audience send us in a, a few uh, questions for our panelists. So let's start there. DAU Cornerstone On Demand, are you guys considering developing an open API or other solution so course completion data can flow back to other agencies' LMSs? Let's start with Joshua. That's a great question. Uh, one of the benefits of a pure cloud deployed solution is that it also enables the vendor to focus on innovation and staying with standards. So things like, you know, I'd say it's pretty common for people to support things like SCORM and AICC, but to also support the evolving standards like XAPI and LRS is something that, you know, has helped us lead the marketplace. Um, but there's also, you bring up another important question. You know, for any Department of Defense acquisition professional, they're required or mandated to matriculate through DAU. Well, that also brings great opportunity throughout the Department of Defense to be able to link cornerstone portals together so that they can get a holistic view with their transcript or their training jacket, for not only for their corporate development, for their home service, but also, you know, also taking into consideration what they're doing from an acquisition career track. And from an API perspective, that also can tag back potentially to maybe a policy or regulation or or some other record that they have to have sure. to consider over the long term. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. No, not really. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of sort of. I mean, when, when you're thinking about you know the, the latest standards like XAPI, you know, there it's a matter of transmitting results, it, to, for a lack of a better term. So content's not always at the point in the LMS. Sometimes content is located in different places, and transmitting back those results are really critical to to get a holistic picture of what someone's accomplishing. So yeah. Bill, jump in also about this topic around open APIs or other ways to kind of transmit data in, in an open way. Right, the, the API or the interface that easily allows two applications to talk to each other um, is something we had to build because not only do we have the other agencies like Department of Homeland Security that has its personnel system, we have the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marine Corps, Fourth estate agencies, Department of Defense agencies have different personnel systems. So we had to build, uh, have an API to transmit the data from the learning system back to the Army system we talked about earlier. And the Army system then can translate all the records, transfer them out to the various learning systems. Initially, we thought we were going to have to have an interface to our classroom systems that create our rosters and allow people to register for classroom training. We thought we would have to have one for our student evaluations. We had a separate system for the students to evaluate the course and their supervisors to come back later and evaluate how effective the training was. Well, this was not part of the initial requirements. We were able to track all the opportunities, all the potential scope increases, and we found that Cornerstone's capability in both the um, registration and roster building system so that when a professor showed up to teach a class, they knew who was in the class, where they were from. Um, we were able to eliminate having to do that interface because Cornerstone did it. This actually cost less because we didn't have to pay to build the interface and it saved us some schedule. The same thing with our course evaluation system. We found that it was 
faster and less expensive to use cornerstones than to build the interface to the other system. So while there will be an opportunity to have uh, open APIs in the future because of what we've learned doing the interfaces in the fielding, we'll need fewer and fewer as we're able to use the capabilities within the cornerstone system. Sure. Web services come into play too. So there's you know, always a nice set of uh, APIs that you know, are with a product, including ours. But um, there's also web services that help that data exchange. And really, it talks about the frequency and things like that. But that's all enabled there so that as your processes evolve, we can evolve with you. All right. Let's move on to another question. I got a couple very similar to this one. Uh, what's the reaction been from DAU employees and customers? Maybe, uh, Rebecca, you want to start with that one? Yeah, I, you know, out the gate, you have the honest mixed reaction because a lot of people's worlds have completely shifted. Like, what is this I'm looking at? What am I supposed to do? And so um, we've had that with both faculty and with students. Uh, but as you move along, uh, you're able to gauge trends better, right, from questions that come in from the help desk, those go down over time. So, okay, people are getting used to the new system. As the faculty get used to it, the questions go down in some areas, then other areas they go up because like, well, wait a second, this is new. So can we do X, Y, and Z now? And so now they're anxious, you know, once they get used to that experience, they're interested in finding out if there's even more that they can do with the system. So I think overall, we're in a very good spot right now. Um, we've transitioned, people are happy, and those that aren't, we're able to work with them and either train them or figure out a new way to do something. And that was actually part of my next follow-up is how much training went into this new system? How did you guys handle that? I was going to say, uh, and Rebecca's team did an outstanding job of planning for this. You cannot communicate the change enough. No. Communicate, <laughs> communicate, communicate, and train, train, train. We not only had, I, I don't know, months and months of multiple training sessions, we recorded them all so people could go back to them later. And we actually found faculty, even more so than students, went back and viewed the training. We actually had more challenges with DAU employees and faculty, because they're used to being able to use a system in a certain way to support the student. And when a student calls and they're not an expert in the system they're using, it makes them very uneasy. So I thought the internal training was more difficult because the user interface with Cornerstone is so nice. Um, that was the biggest challenge. And train, 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 and over communicate is the key. You did a really good job on your website about communicating and having those videos and things like that. So you all deserve a lot of credit in getting that communication, that change management out there to your external users as well. Did, did Cornerstone or, or DAU, whoever, follow kind of the train the trainer, get a couple champions, get a couple people who are early adopters, and then kind of work backwards from there? Yeah, we, we had that was part of the approach. You had train the trainer, and it, internally, that was really, you know, train all of the admins, <laughs> the learning admins, because then they're the ones that interact with the faculty every day. So we had numerous sessions with them, and it was important to have numerous sessions because they would remember things in between training sessions that hadn't been addressed and that needed to be talked through and decisions made and that kind of thing. Go ahead, Bill. And, and a couple cautions in training. You have to think through who gets the training first because as soon as people get word that there's a new system out there, they want to know. They want information. And you really, for instance, we have training officers in each of the services and the agencies they need to get the information first because students are going to call them. Mm -hmm. Faculty need to get it. Um, you just have to think through that. And you're also very eager to get the training out fast. There's a caution of knowing when to publish information. Because if you give information about the configuration that's not complete, having to correct yep. what you've put out initially can be very, very difficult, trying to get back initial wrong information. So that, that's a caution to know the timing is everything. Point. If you train someone poorly or on, on wrong information, that sticks with them too. A bad experience. All right, let's do another question. Uh, someone else asks, what has been a lear lessons learned in the, in the process redesign? So maybe the business re-engineering process. Rebecca, anything that you'd point out to as maybe one of your biggest lessons? Wow, there's a, there are so many lessons in that process. <laughs> um, 
But it's, there, there's a few lessons, I think, when you talk about people first and foremost, uh, getting the right people involved. And it takes a little humility up front <laughs> sometimes because you have to sometimes go pay people who have already been through these struggles of implementing a new system. There's some things, why try it the first time and muddle through if there's someone out there that already has done that. And we, we were really smart that way, I think, in bringing in the right people that have already been there, done that, to help us along that path. And, and then- Let me just jump in because put a finer point on that. You're talking about other agencies, uh, private sector people, other customers from, from Cornerstone or- whom? Well, we brought, uh, on all ends, I guess. Yeah. We, we hired a couple of government people that had prior experience. We hired contractors that had that experience uh, to get the requirements right, to get the implementation right. And, and then a lot of the lessons learned are in the business process and reengineering, going, okay, as an organization, if we're looking toward the future of learning, but we need to implement this system right now, how do we make sure that every single decision we're making isn't focused on, well, this is how we did it in the past. Right. So how, make sure it does that. And like, no, well, let's step back. Why did we do it that way? And should we in the future? And, and that was, those were really difficult discussions on a daily basis. And those still continue. And you're gonna, was there a second one I interrupted you? Was there a second one that came to mind? Or should you wanna talk to Bill or Joshua? Let's find out if one of them All have right. one. All right. cool. I, I would just say with what Rebecca talked about, going to get help, Context matters, mm -hmm. right? If you're in the public sector, you don't want to draw all your previous experience and help from purely the private sector. If you're doing corporate learning, you don't want to go to academia to find out how to do something. The, the environment in which you're feeling, try to get your help from somebody who's done it within your context. That's, that's a huge point, context matters. The way people learn is obviously different too. Um, Joshua, anything on your end, or do you want to move on? You know, I just think that you know having a standard methodology where the partnership between the vendor and the and the customer is critical for the success and to support that whole business process reengineering. So, hmm. great, thanks. Um, another question came in also around, uh, and this is maybe a Rebecca question. Uh, how is your experience with updating and consolidating the LMS? Has that had any further in, uh, thoughts on uh, other? IT systems across the EAU and anything else? What, I guess the question is, what, what's next? You've had this great experience. What else are you going to do? Well, I think um, both Bill and Joshua have alluded to some of these things along the way. But as you go through these sprints and you're trying to ensure that you implement everything that currently exists into the new system, there's all these opportunities that came to people's minds. So as Bill talked about, you know, one of the systems has already been replaced where we had to collect the rosters and work through that kind of um, those items up front for the classroom experiences. We've also replaced the evaluation system. Uh, there's other opportunities being looked at to for some of the internal training that we had in other systems. How do we bring that in? And so there's been a lot of opportunities identified on our end and in the IT department as they're in those integrations and working on things where they say, wait a second, what are these stray little tools and systems we're using um, the capabilities in here, let's try moving forward with this. Uh, the challenge that we have right now is uh, from an operational perspective, we want to still make sure we get all the operations right and we have all the good idea people coming and saying, hey, what about this, this, and this? And so it's the balancing of these new opportunities, um, kind of put them to a timeline to implement while we're still making sure we get the operations right. So there, So yes, there have been a lot of opportunities identified and already acted upon. Bill? You're, when it comes to your learning ecosystem or learning in general, you're never finished. You have to continue to evolve. We're looking at other technologies um, for virtual instructor-led training uh, so that you don't have to always go to campus and, and get together in a classroom or be on your own. You can mix the two. So we've looked into technologies there. I talked about adaptive learning earlier in the session. Um, how do you get different pathways for people to learn even though they're taking the same course or the same module? Um, you just have to look at various ways you can enhance learning all the time. We have a group this week that's in Orlando uh, doing research on modeling and simulation. How can we get simulations and different exercises into the courseware? And Joshua, jump in. Yeah, I guess, you know, those are all great points, you know, and I think the one thing that <clears throat> 
DAU and a lot of organizations are looking at is how do we take these traditional courses that are an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, and break these down into one more modern, modern type content, one that's more consumable, uh, that incorporates maybe more video, different ways that people learn. And, and that's something that, you know, Bill, as you make a point, you're always evolving. You're never static. We're just about out of time, and this has been a fascinating conversation. It's our first case study, so thank you all for, for first of all, taking the time for, for through this. What's the one piece of advice we're going to do with the, the lightning round? Other agencies who are considering upgrading, whether it's the learning management system or systems more generally moving to the cloud, taking a SaaS approach. What, what's the one piece of advice that, that you guys would give? What, what's one thing that, like, be aware of this or, or consider that? You want to you quickly, Bill, give me the one piece of advice? Yeah, people like when they do a project talk about risk management. I think you should also consider opportunity management and think of it in a way to control scope. A lot of people think about opportunities. Well, if we invest in this opportunity, we're going to get a better return on investment when we field. That's sometimes difficult to do in the public sector. So you say, okay, if you hit these conditions of saving on cost, on budget, or if we save it elsewhere, then we'll implement your new scope idea. Otherwise, it'll wait till after go live. That kind of opportunity management can really help you stay on track. All right, that's an excellent piece of advice to, to, to end with, opportunity management. Let me thank my guests, Bill Parker, the Director of Curriculum at the Defense Acquisition University. Bill, thank you very much for your time. Rebecca Clark, the Center Director for Integrated Learning Systems at the Defense Acquisition University. Rebecca, thank you as well. And Joshua Lauchs, the Federal Sales Manager for Cornerstone On Demand. Joshua, thank you as too. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the discussion how the Defense Acquisition University implemented a modern LMS for the new skills economy, sponsored by Cornerstone On Demand on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I've been your host, Jason Miller. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Cornerstone. Thank you for listening to the panel discussion, how the Defense Acquisition University implemented a modern LMS for the new skills economy. Sponsored by Cornerstone On Demand on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.